beloved, the message you're about to listen to is brought to you by MICC Global. It is a church full of believers who are learning of Jesus and living for Jesus. Open up your hearts as you are about to be changed, transformed and renewed by the Word of God. You definitely need to grab your Bible and notepad because Jesus is ready to speak directly to you. Now, the ministry of the lead pastor, MICC Global, Reverend Olushola Olayemi. For he has disarmed all principalities and powers. He has made an open show of them, triumphing over them in it. And he has given you his peace, the result of his conquest. Therefore, you shall not fear. You shall not fear, for it is done. Help me tell the person beside you, rest. It is done. Help me tell your neighbor, say, that problem has really been solved. It has actually been solved. It has been provided for. Help me tell your neighbor the greatest problem any man could ever have is sin. And every other problem came because of sin. Well, let me inform you that the greatest of all problems has been solved by the blood of Christ. And together with it, he has solved all other problems. He has. Amen. This is why we love the Lord. This is why we love the Lord. And this is why you must understand that Christianity is not about trying to get God to do anything. Because he has done everything. Hallelujah. He has done everything. Whilst we were praying this morning and pastor said we should pray for Nigeria. I had a witness in my heart that what God wanted us to do was to release power to cause change. Not to ask God to come and change things, but to stand and say, I release the power to cause change. Because you are full of power by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. You are full of power. Tell your neighbor, I have, I have the power. Ask your neighbor, do you have the Holy Ghost? What did they say? If you have the Holy Ghost, you have the power. Hallelujah. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have what? If you have the Holy Ghost, you have the what? If you have the Holy Ghost, you have the what? If you have the Holy Ghost, you have the what? If you have the Holy Ghost, you don't beg God for power. Because all of God's power is wrapped up in the person of the Holy Spirit. All of God's 
greatest, all of God's accomplishments, first of all, and then all of his greatest accomplishments, most importantly, I work or were done by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you know you have the Holy Ghost? Hello, do you know you have the Holy Ghost? Then say, I know I have the Holy Spirit. If you know you have the Holy Spirit, then you ought to know that you have power. If you have the Holy Spirit, you ought to know that you have authority. Power is not sought separately from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot be present and power will not be present. All that can happen is that you know the Holy Spirit is there, but ignorance prevents you from understanding that power is present. All of God's greatest accomplishments, I'm going to mention three of them. The topmost three of them as far as Scriptures can show us that we relate with all of God's greatest accomplishments, indeed by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Number one was the conception of Jesus Christ. There has not been another miracle in the area of conception that competes with that. Luke chapter number one, the angel appears to Mary, and tells her she's been favored of God. In other words, she has been identified by God for a special mission. Oh, glory to God. And she tells him that it's about birthing a son. And she asks a very accurate question. She says, how will this happen? We know the mechanics of conception. I am a virgin. I have kept myself chaste. And I have no intentions whatsoever of breaking my chastity. How shall this things be, seeing that there is no contribution from a man to it? And the angel told her, he says, the power of the Most High will overshadow, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power of the Most High shall overshadow you. And it was exactly as was said. The greatest conception that ever happened in the history of humanity was by the Holy Ghost. Have you checked that out in Luke chapter 1? You know, it's our practice now. We must check the scriptures. So Luke chapter number 1. Hallelujah. Say to your neighbor, Micah 3.8. Say to your neighbor, Micah chapter 3 verse 8. Surely I am full of power by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God. Say to your neighbor again, Micah chapter 3 verse 8. Surely, assuredly, without doubt, 
without equivocation. I, Olushalolayemi, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, glory! So we're going to look at Micah again too, right? But Luke chapter 1 first. Luke chapter 1 from verse number 35. And the angel said, Sorry, and the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Glory to God. Can you tell your neighbor anything is possible? The Holy Spirit has come upon me. I have the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit in your life is not equated to a tingling sensation. It's a person. He is present. You know you have the Holy Ghost, don't you? Since the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Hallelujah. The greatest conception. It's one of God's greatest, greatest ever deeds. Gave birth or conceived the Lord Jesus Christ without the contribution of spermatozoa. But the Holy Ghost did that. Number two. The greatest death that ever occurred. There was a death that translated to the freedom of humanity. Nobody else's death is that meaningful. Nobody else's death ever accomplished what that death accomplished. When you talk about death, it was death in its purest and most wicked form. Hebrews chapter 9. And verse number 14. Hallelujah. Are you there? The greatest birth was by the work of the Holy Spirit. The greatest death. Hallelujah. The death that terminated the dominion of Satan. It was the wisest death. The Bible says if they understood it, the princes of this world would not have crucified him. Hebrews 9.14, are you there? Can we read together? It was a death that was an offering to cleanse. And the Bible says he did it through what? 
the eternal spirit. Just by the eternal spirit. It wasn't something that could be done ordinarily. There was the work of the Holy Spirit there. Hallelujah. All of God's great accomplishments are by his spirit. Remember Genesis chapter 1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. The spirit of God hovered upon the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. All of God's accomplishments are done by his spirit. Everywhere you see that God has worked, his spirit did the work. Hallelujah. So the greatest conception, the greatest death, but of all the great greatest, the greatest is still what? The resurrection of Jesus. And I hope you know that the resurrection of Jesus was the work of the Holy Ghost. Who woke Jesus up on resurrection morning? It was the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost who came and said, it is done. All things have been fulfilled. Now, wake up. And he reanimated the body of Jesus. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 3. Let's take that one first. First Peter chapter number 3. Are you with me this morning? Surely you are full of power by the Holy Spirit. Are you in First Peter chapter 3? We're going to read verse number 18. Are you there? First Peter chapter 3, verse number 18. One to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. He was put to death in the flesh. He was made alive by the Spirit. Glory to God. Do you see that? And you know, the resurrection of Jesus is so special. It was not the first time a man would come back from death. Yes? It was not. If you go through the Old Testament, you will see people came back from the dead. And Jesus also brought people back to life. He's, it's not even because he, he was the one who was dead the longest before he came back to life. You remember even Lazarus was dead for longer than Jesus died. Jesus four day, um, three days, Lazarus four days. And you will remember also that in the Old Testament, you remember the guy who was, um, um, no, okay, no, that's, 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 we don't know how long that guy was dead for before he, he fell into the tomb. But definitely Jesus was not the one who had died the longest. But Jesus is the only one who after he came back, remains alive 2,000 years after and forevermore. Hallelujah. 
And who did that? The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Romans chapter number 6. Let's look at one or two more. Romans chapter number 6. And we read from verse. Verse number 4. From this morning, after this service, as you step out, begin to act like someone who has the Holy Spirit. Act and speak like one who has power. Hallelujah. You know how come we can lay hands on the sick and they recover? It's because we know that we have power. Now, honestly, I can tell you this plain truth. You don't need to feel a thing. You don't need to feel a thing. You don't need to feel a thing. You just need to know that what the scriptures have said concerning you are true. Romans chapter 6, are you there? Verse number 4. What does it say? Therefore, we were buried. Hallelujah. Christ was brought back to life by whom? The glory of the Father. The glory of the Father is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So Jesus was made alive by the glory of the Father. Because Jesus was made alive by the glory of the Father, we also can walk in newness of life. Romans chapter number one. Romans chapter number one. Amen. I wanted to title this message this morning, The Nature of Christianity. You can still entitle that the nature of Christianity because essentially this is what Christianity is. Christianity is about a life invested with the spirit of the Lord. That's it. You get it? All there really is to Christianity is that through Jesus Christ, the engine in us has been changed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you get what I said? The engine inside us has been changed. If you have a car that uses four plugs, we remove it and we put... Well, I'm not a car person, but I mean, what can we put inside? V8, praise God. V8 is still small compared to eternal life. Hallelujah. Some, somebody give me something dangerous. Hallelujah. I don't know. Praise God. But you put... It's more like putting a jet engine inside it. Put a jet engine in there. Tap your neighbor, say, your engine has been changed. Hallelujah. Tap, you, your engine has been changed. You are more powerful than sin. You are more powerful than darkness. You are more powerful than death. You are more powerful than sickness. 
Glory to God. Your engine has been changed. Engine has been changed. And it is for us to be aware of that as Christians. Hallelujah. So when you get to a place and you're trying to walk and function in righteousness and they are threatening you, you look at them with bombastic side eye and it's about shin off where? You see, we, we still have not shown the world the kind of engine we have received. We've not been able, as it were, to even ourselves properly decipher the nature of the engine that we carry. But our engine has been changed. That's what Christianity is about. What is at work in me now is different from what was at work in me. What is at work in me now can heal. What is at work in me now can deliver. This is why he says, he that they that believe in me, right, in my name, they shall cast out devils. Why? What is in me can cast out devils now. And brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, that is not because I am pastor. That is because I am born again. I have received the Holy Spirit. And the word of God has informed me that this is the operational manual of the new engine that I have. It's one of the reasons why you need to read your Bible. Because it is by reading your Bible that you understand the capacities of this new engine you have. I'm telling you, friends, you have a new engine. Hallelujah. You can't compare my Toyota with Pastor's Tundra. You get? Engine Yato's engine. You get? You understand? The only people in this world who have engines that in any way can compete favorably with your engine are those who have received from the source where you received. Obanje engine is Jinko engine. You hear me? The engine they give them, the Amadio gives, is Jinko engine. It's engine, all is engine. Chaino. All is engine. Engine that Babalao gives is Chinko engine, substandard engine. Even at its best, it can't compare with our engine at its worst. But we don't know. That's why I like that song. It says, When I stand in the name of Jesus, tell me who has the power to oppose. You don't know that song. In the name of Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus, I have the victory. In the name of Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus, Satan, you have to flee. Because when I stand in the name of Jesus, tell me who has the power to oppose nobody. In the name of Master Jesus, I have. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? Your engine has been changed. 
you have been given the best possible engine in heaven and on earth. It's talking, I'm talking about what is at work in you. What God has put inside you to work in you. And we must be awakened to it. I said Romans chapter 1, verse number 4. Amen. Are you with me this morning? Ah! You can lay hands on that person. You can. You just need to acknowledge, ah, I have the engine that can do it. You can. You can walk, listen, you can walk in victory over sin. You just need to acknowledge that I have the engine to overcome this thing. When my engine starts working and I start zooming off, sin cannot catch me. We have that engine. That is the one thing God has given us by which we can walk in victory over the earth. His spirit. The spirit that works in us. I was showing those of you who are workers how that yesterday, how that the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, that once upon a time, the engine that worked in us. Can we quickly look at that? Ephesians chapter 2. Please remind me, we're coming back to Romans chapter 1. But let's quickly look at this in Ephesians chapter 2. This is the engine that worked in us before. Glory be to God, it has been removed. Grateful to God that it has been removed. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the engine that now works in the sons of disobedience. Hallelujah. I know if you look into your Bible, you won't see engine there. But I'm telling you, that spirit is your engine. That was the engine that was, that was, that was driving our lives. And what did it do to us when it drove our lives? It says, we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. That's verse number three. Are you looking into your Bible? Please look into your Bible. Praise God. Amen. 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 All children of God who are sons and daughters of the masterpiece in Christ church. The Jesus place. Look into their Bibles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The engine in me is a very kind and honoring engine. But there are other dimensions to that engine that can call you out if you are not aligning. Hallelujah. I know when engines are working, they have no apology. So please and please look in your Bible. You didn't come to church to look at me. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, right? It said, by reason of that engine, referred to as the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Why are they disobedient? It's the engine that's in them. But now, and, and it led us also to conduct ourselves in the lust of our flesh, 
fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're children of wrath, just as the others. But glory be to God, if you go to Galatians chapter number 5, I believe, let's go there. You will see the Bible says that because that engine has changed, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Hallelujah. So you have a different engine now. Galatians chapter number 5 verse 16. And it says, I say to you, walk in the spirit. In other words, Activate and commit to your new engine. Commit to your new engine. Why? Because your new engine is truly righteous and holy. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. Go to Ephesians 4 24. Hallelujah. Let me read from 23. Are you there? I'm almost done. Don't worry. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man. The new engine is the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Where does our holy and righteous living come from? It comes from the engine we have received. If you let the right engine carry you, it will carry you to the right destinations in the right way onto the right purposes. Romans chapter 1 verse 4. Amen. Amen. You will do the things that God wants you to do. You will. A business this morning is to inform you that you have an engine that can get it done. You have the engine. Listen, we have the engine that can change our land. We have it. We have the engine that can generate power to change our families. We have the engine. There's more than enough power in us as the Holy Spirit. To take over territories. You have it. Tell your neighbor you have it. Yes. Hallelujah. Verse 4 of Romans chapter 1. It says. Alright let me take it from. For completeness of reading. From verse 3. Concerning his son. Jesus Christ. Our Lord who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost in resurrection declared Jesus to be the Son of God. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost said all of God's greatest works are the works of the Holy Spirit. Now Romans chapter number 8 as we begin to tie things up completely. Romans chapter number 8. There's so much more we can say. But I don't want to 
overload you with things that just want you to know this. That you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit, your engine has been changed. And that engine holds power to do all that God wants you to do. To be all God wants you to be. Please help me tell your neighbor, you are not a weakling. You are not a weakling. You are supernaturally strong. You are not beggarly. You are anointed. You are anointed. Come on, you are anointed. Listen, what makes a man anointed is not that we pour oil on you. There is no greater anointing that can be other than the Holy Ghost in you and at work in you. That is the anointing. Hallelujah. And every one of you has an anointing. Every one of us has the anointing. You don't need. But I want you to know this. If it's possible for you to write down these words, please write it down. Whatever God will use, whatever God can use to bring his help, his deliverance, his healing to the life of anyone around me is actually present in me. And when we get to heaven and the real nature of who we are is unveiled, we will discover how many people and things we allowed to continue to go in the wrong way simply because we did not know what we actually did carry. Hallelujah. Friend, that power to solve that problem is not going to come down from heaven. It's already here in us. Are you with me? Can I say that again? That power is not going to come down from heaven. It's already in you. We read from Ephesians 3.20 yesterday. Open your Bible. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who is able to do. Now, usually when we quote that version, we like the first part and we stop there. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ever ask or imagine. But we fail to recognize that it is according to his power that worketh in us. Praise the Lord. It means, listen to me, if you take away the B part, the A part is not possible. Are you with me this morning? Did you hear me? Can you say that with me? If we take away the B part, the A part is not possible. So the A part is possible because the B part is present. So it is as God works in you, effectively in you, that things can happen. Amen? Are you still here? Let's wake up to this. Commit to understanding the engine that you've been given and how to operate in it. I said Romans 8 so that we can bring this close. 
Now, from verse number 5, I'm going to do a reading through to verse 13 or so. Romans chapter 8 from verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. First of all, please take note of this, that this is the fundamental challenge with us. That instead of living according to the new engine we have received, we choose to live by the things we see, the things we hear, the things we feel. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody may be zooming past you on the highway, and you like his car. And all your acknowledgement is of what you can see in his car, and you fail to acknowledge what your car can do. And this is how many times we look at other people. You know, when, when we say the grass always looks greener on the other side, this is the problem. There is no other place where the grass is greener than the workings of God on your inside. But when we are in the flesh, and that's what he's saying here, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit on the things of the spirit. So in other words, if you will live according to the spirit, you will set your attention on the engine that you have received and not on the things that are outside. Not your difficulty, not what other people are doing. Hallelujah. Uh, not the problems you face, not the challenges, but the capacity, the nature and the capacity of the spirit that you have received. This is what we must do. And he goes into saying verse number 66. He says, for to be carnally minded is death. And that means, listen to me, dear child of God, if your attention is not consumed by the engine you have been given, you experience death. In this context, it's a falling short of what has been appointed for you. It's a falling short of what has been provided for you. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded, listen, no matter what is happening on the outside, no matter how fast the people around you are going in their little cars, when you understand the kind of power that is in the engine of your car, you're unperturbed. You're not bothered. They go their own journey, you go their, your own journey. Knowing that if there's a moment where I need to accelerate and overtake, it will be easy for me. But in this moment, why do I need to compete with anybody? At this moment, why do I need to make any other person my standard? I have the engine that sets the tone and the pace of my journey. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded will put you at peace. To be spiritually minded will put you in your own correct pace in life. You don't need to try to keep pace with anybody when you are living life according to the working of the engine in you. Hallelujah. You don't need to be slow. You don't need to be fast because people around you are slow or fast. You don't need to be slow because the people around you are slow or fast. 
You go according to the capacity of your engine and the requirements per time in your life. To be carnally minded is death. You are greater than the things you are competing with on the outside. You have more power than those who are threatening you. It's like a child who does huaka to you. It's like a child, a one, two year old, who says, I will beat you. What do you do? Do you stay sitting and say, hey, how will you beat me? How will, ah, if I catch you, I'll beat you. No. What do you do? Just walking away, he can't even keep pace with you. But you sit down considering what the world will do to you. No. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. All their braggadociousness, all their threats and everything cannot handle he that is in you. The Bible says in him was life. The life was the light of men. Light shines in darkness. And darkness cannot catalambano it. Darkness cannot handle it. Hallelujah. Darkness cannot handle you. Nigeria can't handle us. In recent days, you know, you keep hearing news. Dollar is this. Pound is this. Petrol is this. Food is this. Rice is this. Beans is this. Gary is this. And every time those things come, and my mind wants to go that way, I hear the Spirit of God say, those are not the issues that will determine your life. Hallelujah. Do you hear me this morning? Those are not the issues that will determine your life. You can worry about them from now till tomorrow. You can't do anything about them. But you can live in consciousness of this engine that's on your inside. That will set a course and a pace for you. That the economy of Nigeria cannot catch you. Hallelujah. That engine can make you a, a person who in the midst of the inflation and the recession they say is in town, you're walking at a speed that. Uh, have you seen certain cars that are, are afraid of going into sorts of terrains? It's not just about the clearance, but the engine. There are some terrains that where cars are afraid to go. Some vehicles just go. It's about engine. You get? It's about what? Engine. It's about what? What did I say? It's about what? No matter how rough the Nigerian terrain is, the engine in you can cause you to go for 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 for. So don't sit down grumbling. Those who have grumbled have not solved the problem. And the thing about a vehicle that can go for 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 in those terrains is that when you enter into that capacity and you manifest yourself as an engine that can overcome those terrains easily, you can tell those smaller vehicles that don't have good engines, say, hook up on me, let's go. That's what God expects of us. Become that man, become that woman who is not afraid of terrain because of the engine you carry. And you can say, those of you who don't have my kind of engine, just attach to me. Let's go. They pulled them. I see you being a savior to many in your generation. And you have the engine for it. 
I'm telling you. You have the engine for it. Oh, let's close this thing. The seventh, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Hallelujah. But for it can't be subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor can be. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse number nine says, but you are not in the flesh. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. I am not in the flesh. My life is not in the flesh. My engine in life is not of the fleshly type. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Does the spirit of God dwell in you? It says, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not his. Do you belong to Christ? You have the spirit of Christ. Amen. Do you know you belong to Christ? Then you have the spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. Verse number 10. And if Christ is in you. And again, I want to ask if it's not against your theology and you're using a paper Bible. Right on top of that. Where it says, if Christ is in you, I want you to write, since Christ is in me. You understand that? Because for me and you, that is no longer condition. Do you understand that? For you, it is no longer if Christ is in you. It is what? Since. Or if you prefer, now that Christ is in me. Say it now that Christ is in me. Since Christ is in me. Tap your neighbor and say, since Christ is in me. Oh, are you confident this morning? It says, since Christ is in me. The body is dead. Because of sin. But the spirit is life. Because of righteousness. Hallelujah. Since Christ is in me, the body is dead because of sin. In other words, because of sin, it became necessary that the body should die. Now, because of righteousness, it becomes necessary that the spirit should be life. Verse 11 is where we're going and then we close on that. It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus, from the dead, dwells in you. And again, I will encourage you to remove the if and say sins. Do you get what I said? So to read 11, sins. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Amen? I hope I'm not going against your theology asking you to write in your Bible. But for me and you, it is not if, it is since. Now that, because it's the truth. Friends, I know the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is in me. Friends, I know I have the spirit of God. Are you with me this morning? I know. I know. How many of you can say that? I know. I mean, really, how many of you can say it? I know that I have the spirit of Jesus Christ. I know it, sir. I know. 
Now I hope you're not just echoing what I'm saying. I hope you are speaking from a place of knowledge and true conviction. I know some. Momo. I know. I've gone past the stage of playing games with Christianity. I'm not a Christian because I'm a pastor. I'm not in church because I'm a pastor. I don't, I don't live right because I want to make heaven. I live right because I have the spirit of God in me. Hallelujah. I have the spirit of the Lord. I wish I could find three, four, five, maybe 10, maybe 20 people this morning who for the glory of Jesus will just rise to their feet and say as I'm saying, I will shall allow me know that I have the spirit of Jesus Christ. I know it. This is not for you. This is for me. I know that I carry the spirit of God. I know. Now be seated. It is important for you to live 24-7 in that consciousness. I'm not just a man walking the streets. I'm a man who carries the spirit of God walking the streets. When you meet me, you're meeting a man in whom the Holy Spirit works. It's not a cliche. It's the reality. It's the truth. So you should expect that when you meet me, you will encounter the things of the spirit. That's the way we should be. Isn't it? If anyone encounters you, they should expect to have experiences of the Spirit. The Bible says, since the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life Vitality to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This tells us that if the spirit of the Lord is in you, expect the works of the spirit in and through your life. Hallelujah. In your mortal body. Expect it. Expect the dealings of the spirit. And friends, this is how come, if you've never really understood it, this is how come you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is how come you can speak to demons and situations and they will respond. Why? The spirit of God dwells in you. And he gives vitality. He gives his own energies to us. He gives his own capacities to us. He gives it to us. So from today, know that you are full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. 
know that you have an engine that can handle life. Know that you have an engine that can carry you through any terrain. Know that you have an empowerment that is greater than all powers on the earth. See, the same Holy Spirit that was in Paul. Let me start where you start. The same Holy Spirit that caused Mary to conceive without the sperm. The same Holy Spirit by whom Jesus could offer himself. The same Holy Spirit by whom Jesus was made alive and remains alive today. The same Holy Spirit that was in Paul, that was in Peter. The same Holy Spirit that was in Peter that made his shadow able to heal people. The same Holy Spirit that was in Paul that made aprons taken from contact from him to be able to bring healing. The same Holy Spirit that was in our fathers who lived remarkable lives of obedience, of love and service to God. The same Holy Spirit is in you. It's in you. Except you can show me in your Bible that there are different Holy Spirits. Hallelujah. Are there different Holy Spirits? It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same. In other words, Paul's engine is here. The same engine that Paul had. You see, what differs in our lives is not our engine, it's our convictions. The difference is not the engine, the difference is the conviction. When you tell a man this is what your engine can do, one believes immediately and runs with it. The other is, am I sure? Am I sure? Should I try? No, no. And then people tell you, no, it's not possible. Your engine cannot do that. No, your engine cannot do that. That's one of the major issues we have. Too many people have told you that your engine cannot do what the Lord says your engine can do. And so they say, ah, no, your engine cannot do that. Ah, for your engine cannot do that. No. If your engine can do that after all, even if your engine can do that, do you need to do it? Do you need to do it? Let somebody else do it. No, he gave you that engine because he wants you to use it. And I pray for you in the name of Jesus as I pray for myself that before we leave the face of this earth, we will see 100% of what that engine that you carry can do. I want to see 100% of what my engine can do. Hallelujah. I want, I want to see. I want to see. I remember uh, 2006 or thereabout. I got this Maxima V6. It's my first experience with a V6 Maxima. 
uh, B6. I was working at Shonga then. I remember, I think the first or two weeks, first two weeks or so after I got the car, I was going to work and the drive to Shonga was about one hour, 15, one hour, 20 minutes to Shonga. And somewhere along the line, there's this long stretch of road. It goes maybe about two, three kilometers straight, straight, clean road, good road. You can see at the end, everything that's happening. And as I hit that, something just came into me and said, this is a V6. They say it has power. Let us see what it can do. And so I floored it. As I flooded, it took off. And within the space of maybe about 10 seconds, I was hitting 180 kilometers per hour. And I was going, and, and I was like, Ooh. I got an engine that can work miracles. Until I began to hear in my mind, I'm coming home. So I just said, but now I know what it can do. You need to have a first-hand experience of what your engine can do. Hallelujah. And it is when you commit to having that first-hand experience that you become a wonder in the world. I remember that day when I got home, I went to see my mother. And she was in the living room. She was eating. She was eating. Was it Amala or something? And I told her, well, I just came back from Shonga. And on my way home, a guy could be, I was leaving then. I said, I should just pop in. I said, you know what I did today, Ma? I said, what? She was excited for me. And then I told her. I told her I hit 180 and I was about, you know, rising above 180. You would do things that would surprise your people. You will. The kind of things you will do will be things that people will look at and say, this is risky. But it is what your engine can handle. I came this morning to tell you that you have an engine that can handle it. Now, go for it. Go for it. Of course, as I close, let me quickly say this to you. Get into the word to know what your engine is built like. Get into the word to know what your engine is meant for. Get into the word to know how to operate your engine. Three things I've said, right? Get into the words to know what your engine is built like. Get into the words to know what your engine can do. Get into the words to know how to operate your engine. Will you help me say to your neighbor, get into the word to know what your engine is built like. Get into the word to know what your engine can do. Get into the word to know how to operate your engine. Thank you, Lord.
We give you glory. We give you praise. This engine, not everyone has received it. It is available for anybody and everybody. But it's so sad that many times when people have been asked to come and receive this engine, they think it is because God wants to slow them down in life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at us. Since we received the engine through Jesus Christ, we're not slow. We have not become slow at all. Hallelujah. We have not even become more quiet. If at all we are quiet, it is so that we can roar when the time is right. If you're here this morning and you're not born again, this engine is, you don't have it. It is the engine, the only engine that guarantees can drive a man to eternal life, to, to heaven. It is, it, is, it is automated. That engine drives a man into heaven. Praise God. There is, it is equipped with a navigational system that drives men into heaven for eternity. But like I told you, it's the engine by which we live free from sin. If you're here this morning, let us pray with you and introduce you to the one who gave us that engine and who will give you the engine. Let's bow our heads. If you're here this morning and you want to be born again, I want to invite you to please raise your right hand above your head. You must be saved and be free from that counterfeit ungodly engine that leads men to hell. You're in church this morning and you want to be born again. Just raise one hand above your head quickly so that we can pray together. And we can get you fitted with your own engine. Anybody? Anybody? Raise it well. Glory to God. I can't see any hands right now. So we give you thanks, Lord. Because according to the demeanor of these people this morning, every one of them has received Jesus as Lord. Let it be so, Lord. We give you thanks and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That was a powerful time of fellowship brought to you by MICC Global through our lead pastor, Reverend Olushola Olayemi. We believe you've been greatly blessed and we will definitely love to hear from you. Masterpiece in Christ Church is located at Tanke Okyodo Ilori. This and all other messages are available to you on our website at www.miccng.org and on our social media handles on Facebook, Mixilar, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok all with MICC Global. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Masterpiece in Christ Church or call 081-214-733-19 081-214-733-19 For support or donation, kindly send to the following details 101-6125-314 
6125314. The account name is Masterpiece in Christ Church. Bank name is UBA. Masterpiece in Christ Church. We are Jesus everywhere.